Hello and welcome to another episode of Energy Extra Time. I'm Sean McGill and there's three of Energy Sports Best joining me today. First of all, it's my usual co-host Cameron Monstall. Cameron, we had our first class back at uni today and I noticed that you you weren't present on the video call. Your face wasn't there. I've missed your face. Mm-hmm. Why did you deprive me of that? All that really matters is if I can see you, Sean. That's it. Nah, to be honest, I was late by about a minute. Got a bit scared that I'd get shouted that, and uh, a bit scared that Eamon would call out my hairstyle. So I just I just kept the, the video off. I hope that's okay. You're only worried yeah. about one person calling out your hairstyle, not the entire class. Mm. Yeah, it could have been a bloodbath, to be fair. But oh, really? These are all nice. Everyone in the class is nice. It's so Eamon, to be fair, but he'd have <laughs> every right to give me stick, to be fair. He absolutely would. Uh, also joining me is... He's finding it hard to keep his stance as a Scott McTominay apologist, but... I'm sure he'll make his case on the podcast today. Struan Garvey, how are you? I'm not doing too bad. I'm, I'm doing better than Scott McTominay at seven and a half, that's for sure. I reckon you might be. And finally, it's our, our late recruit to the show. Uh, thank you very much for helping us out. Taylor Murray. I'm just I'm just glad that you included me in the best category. I'm, I'm really happy about that. Because you're getting shunned by th- those lot at the, the Premier League preview. I'm just getting cast aside. That's brutal, that. No, I, I feel I wanted here. Good. Uh-huh. You, should, you should always feel wanted. The only person not wanted here is Cameron. Um, yeah. We'll start the show <laughs> as we always Thank do you. with our big shout. Who will we go with? Uh, Struan, you get us underway with a big shout this week. Okay, so I, I know I'm Scottish and I'm a Scotland fan, and so by that law, I should probably dislike the English team, which is going to make this shout seem. All the more worse, but I think Gareth Southgate should be sacked from the England job. I really don't think he's the man to take that team forward. I don't think the World Cup run in 2018 was actually that good, all things considered. I think England were quite lucky in the opponents they came in. And when you look at the team who actually played in the semi-final, looking at it now, you had Ashley Young at left-back, Lingard and Dele Alli in midfield. I just don't think Kyle Walker in the back three, Pickford in goal, I don't think it was that great. And now... The amount of young talent coming in that England team, you've got the likes of Trent Alexander-Arnold, who's already arguably the best right-back in the world. Like Players like Foden, Greenwood, Bakayo Saka, Jadon Sancho, Dean Henderson and goal. There's so many talented youngsters coming through, and I just don't think Southgate is going to be capable of taking that team to the World Cup, especially given the way they performed this past weekend against Denmark and Iceland. So, yeah, I, th- I think he should be sacked. Especially when you have play- uh, people like Eddie Howe currently available as well. Is Eddie Howe that much of a step up, do you think? I, I don't know if he's that much of a step up, but I just I just can't understand what Southgate's tactics were. I mean, to begin with, he didn't even select the left-back. He only called up Jack Grealish because of injuries to the teams. And against Denmark, he played a back five and two holding midfielders as well. And then, in a sense, almost blamed Phil Foden and Greenwood after the incident that involved them. And I just think it's a bit... I just think the team selection, even from the beginning, I know he's lost his number one centre-back in Maguire and some other players throughout, but I just I just don't think it's a good enough excuse, especially given the talent and the pool that they can choose from to come up short and play teams like that. I didn't see the England game against Denmark, but when you look at the team sheet and you see that Eric Dyer, Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice are all playing, I, I, I gather that Eric Dyer was dropped into a back three, but in a game like that, it's not very inspiring, is it? No, I just... I, it's almost sort of a game plan to to come away with a draw or, or a one 0 win, and I think I think he's quite loyal to certain players like Trippier and like Pickford when there's other players coming through. And in the Iceland game, I mean, I know Trent Alexander might not be that fit, but the fact he's starting Kyle Walker and Trippier over him 
I, I just don't see any kind of logic in that. And then Walker went and got sent off. And I think in the goalkeeping position, you've got players like Pope and Dean Henderson, who are arguably two of the best keepers in the league last season, and they still don't even get a chance in these Nations League games. I just think it's one of them. It's just it's it's a bit like previous managers. You know, they've always got their favourite players who, even when they're playing bad, they're still going to get caught up. And I think we've seen that with the Scottish national team in recent years. You know, no matter how bad certain players would play, they always find their way into that team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, starting the show with some England national team bashing is something that I can definitely get behind. So thank you for that, Struan. Cameron, how about you, you give us your big shout? Yeah, sure. Um, my dog's barking like mad, but I'll, I'll do my best. Um, Just wants to be on the podcast. My, it's his favourite show of hers. He does. He really does. He's actually got a message. You know what? Come back to me. Go to Taylor first. No bother. Um, Taylor, how about you, you, you go and Well, Cameron's doing his dog duties. How about you give us your big shout? That sounds like a good dog. I like that. Um, uh, my big shout is uh, probably a controversial one, but I feel for Scotland, it's on the subject of uh, Scotland and the national team, and um, I feel that this could cause a little bit of a debate, but I'm going to put my side out there and let you <laughs> talk about it. I feel for Scotland, Kieran Tierney is better than Andy Robertson. I feel Andy Robertson doesn't perform at the heights that he does at Liverpool for the Scotland national team. And it's, it could be down to the players that he's around, or it could be down to the Scotland don't have that good of players that he has surrounded with Liverpool. But I feel like for Scotland, Kieran Tierney is better suited for their player style and probably getting the best out of Kieran Tierney would be better for the national team than trying to shoehorn Andy Robertson in and Kieran Tierney. Have we seen that Kieran Tierney can perform to the level for Scotland that he does for Arsenal and has done for Celtic? You're saying Andy Robertson hasn't reached the heights, but do we have any proof that Kieran Tierney has? I don't feel like Kieran Tierney has had a chance to do that. Andy Robertson's captain, obviously he's going to be playing game in, game out, but I feel like we need to give Tierney a chance in his natural position in a a game where he can showcase exactly what he can perform. We've seen how well he did at Celtic. We've seen the fact that Arsenal, he's fitting in well and he's, although he's been playing at a back three sometimes, uh, playing on the left-hand side uh, in a midfield, he's definitely an attacking threat as well as much as a defensive uh, stability. But I feel like Tierney definitely needs a chance in his natural position at left-back. To, just to see exactly, it could prove the fact that he's just not as good as Robertson, but Tierney needs a good chance in his position to solidify probably that defence and I generally think that could be the way forward I have to say I do agree with Taylor I think that if I were, if we were going to play a back four which I think seems to suit Scotland better but he seems to struggle with that back three if you're going to go with a back four then it, you just have to go whichever one fits the system better and it's going to play for the national team better and I do get the feeling that that is continuing at this moment in time but as I was saying to Stroon and Cameron before we start recording that it's very hard to see Andy Robertson getting dropped considering that he is the captain and he is one of the more experienced uh, players on that side. Cameron, are you, are you back yet from your... I'm back, yeah. Right, the dog has stopped his attack on the postman. I was um, going to ask you about... about, about <laughs> uh, the postman, was it? it? Yeah, it was the postman, yep. And Max was sitting right at the front door. That was not a not a good thing. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know about this one. Um, I think Robertson does need to start a left-back or a left-wing back. And I think Tieran is the one that has to be shoehorned in. I think it's de- it's a debate to be had, and something Steve Clark should think about. But just my opinion, I think maybe it's the Liverpool and me, but I just think Andy Robertson should be the star and left back, and Tierney should sort of fit in elsewhere. But should we be shoehorning players? And that's kind of something we are, we were talking yeah, about think, as well. That 
players just need to play in their best positions and if we, unfortunately we do have two great left backs and if we can't play with a back three if it doesn't work then uh, you just got to play the players where well, they it depends where because I would start Kieran Tierney at left centre back in a four I just would do it we talked about it last week obviously I would do that but that's up to Steve Clark. if he'd rather have a Liam Cooper McKenna at left centre back and someone else at right centre back he's not going to get hint of snarkiness in, in your voice there Cameron <laughs> is there? <laughs> I didn't mean to I think um, no I just think Robertson is the left back I would, I would shoehorn in Tierney if I was in charge but I wouldn't shoehorn in McTominay let's say that's what I'm trying to say yeah I'm not uh, in the back three by the way I, I don't think Tierney did particularly bad but I really just want to see how he would be in his natural position for yeah, Scotland. Think, so I should just say, I do think you should be given a chance, though. I'm not against that. I'm just saying, me personally, I'd put Luke Robertson in, but he should definitely be given a chance at left back in a, in a lesser nation league game or something. You know what I mean? Maybe not against Israel next month, but in one of these games, like Czech, when they come to visit us in a month or two, um, you should maybe get a chance at left back in his natural position. Struan, what's your thoughts on the left back debate? Uh, I, I do think Tierney deserves a chance because I think. I think Robertson, like I'd, I'd personally think, say Robertson's probably the best left back in the world at the moment, but it, it, it's just not going as well for Scotland. And it's it's one of them where if you, if you look at Wales, they've obviously got their standout player in Bale, who can play on the right, through the middle, and probably on the left. But for a left back like Robertson and Tierney, I don't think you can really shift one to the right and still have that kind of effect. And I, th- I think Tierney as centre back in a back four would probably be the best solution because I, I don't think the back three worked very well at all, particularly. I think. And at the end of the day, we're, we're so short in centre-halves that I, I think a Kieran Tierney playing there probably wouldn't be any worse than the natural players we've got in that position anyway. Exactly, yeah. So I think, I'm, I'm quite surprised we didn't actually try that in one of the two games that we persisted with the back four and played McTominay, sorry, the back three and played McTominay as part of it. But I, I do think Tierney needs a chance. But as, as you say, with Robertson being captain, I think it's highly unlikely. And it's, it's just kind of one of these positions like Callum McGregor, who I, I rate very highly, but just never seems to perform for Scotland. And there's quite a few players like that as well who are fantastic for the club and then just tend to disappear when it comes to the national side. I think when it's as close as two players as it is in this situation with Tierney and Robertson, you've got to think, who would you rather go for a pint with? And it's undoubtedly <laughs> Kieran Tierney. So for me, Clark has to pick him. But that, I've, I've got quite an easy... I rate that logic. I think it's the best logic you could have. Yeah, I, was I, rate say, that. I was going to say, don't worry, because Arvin Hickey will be in there next year. But as he's probably Doig. least you want to go for a... Yeah, Hickey on the right, Doig on the left. That suits me. That suits me. Get Tierney and Robertson just out of the team. Who needs them? <laughs> look at that. Look at the Hearts and Hibs fan uh, kissing up to United. each other. How cute. <laughs> Brothers across the city. <laughs> Dear me, let's move this on before it becomes a... Are you feeling left out, Sean? I'm feeling left out, but I'm absolutely fine with it. Um, we'll get quickly so. move on before we Great get table. to this this Edinburgh loving. <laughs> um, so Cameron, how about you move us on swiftly with your big shout? Yeah, my big shout's a little outside of actual football playing style. It's more about the plan to get uh, fans back in the stadiums in Scotland. I just don't think we should be. I don't get the point. I think we should instead just be doing like test events outside of games. I don't know why we have to do it when the game's on. Because everything about it's fine. It's sitting on allocated seats. It's keeping two metres apart, sanitising, staggered entrances, face masks. All that's totally fine. I have no problem with that. problem I have is no shouting, singing or chanting. That's the whole point of going to a football game. You might as well watch it on the TV if you're not going to do that. 
it would just be a weird atmosphere. It won't feel right. What do you all. mean? I haven't heard a song at Rugby Park in ten years. <laughs> that's true. That's why you should come to Tynecastle, man. Actually, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, not anymore. Just, I, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> come to Hearts five years ago. Um, no, I just I don't see the point in them doing it. Why not just have a test event that's much safer, much easier to carry out? You won't have any football fans possibly coming along and being disruptive or whatever. Um, I just don't think it's worth the hassle. I know they want fans back in seats, and uh, I think everything else about it is totally fine, but just no singing, no shouting or chanting. That takes away everything from a football game. Even the players probably won't enjoy it. I've seen it in other countries where they've done it, and sorry, like the, like the rugby as well, they've done it. It's just, it just looks wrong, and I, I don't think it's worth the hassle. So the fact that you can't sing... Um any of your wee heart songs should mean that football clubs can't get money into their pockets from fans coming to stadiums. Well, that's it. That's the only reason they're doing it, is to blind their pockets. I get well, that. But so clubs but can survive. Yeah, but I just don't... I, I'm talking more from the actual standpoint of what it'll be like. It's Why have that rule? I don't get that rule. If people are wearing face masks and stuff, why can't you sing and chant? I don't understand. Is it because they'll get unruly? Is it because they might get out of their seats? I, I don't understand this. It's just wrong. It's it's not being a football fan. It's not the football fan experience. And if Hearts were in the league just now playing, I wouldn't enter myself into the ballot because it wouldn't be worth my time. <laughs> I thought it's been worth your time for a while, pal. But um, <laughs> 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 um, I don't know. You have one good season down at Rugby Park, and that's it. You've got the bragging rights. So can't believe it. <laughs> well, I've never seen my my club in the the second tier, but I'm pretty sure yeah, you have on a, on a couple of occasions yeah, now. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, because obviously Kilmarnock are involved in a test event this weekend they, uh, at, at Bataudry, but and I, how many seats does Bataudry have? Over 20,000 and 300 20, fans are, are getting let in. It's like, how much is that really testing? Any step yeah, towards exactly. getting fans in I see is a positive, but um, probably as a disclaimer, we're recording this at, what time is that now? Just before 12 o'clock on Thursday, and uh, the First Minister is expected to make an announcement at half past 12, uh, or three weekly. Uh, update and there's a chance that that date for fans will get pushed back because we've seen uh, rising cases. Taylor, what do you make about Cameron's point? Obviously public health has to take precedent, we all know that, but and for us as football fans, as we hope to get towards fans back in the stadiums, what are your thoughts on the, the new guidelines? Uh, um, I'm pretty baffled by some of it. I understand where Cameron's coming from. The whole point is to go into matches, to watch your team interact with the uh, your team that you're supporting and vocally showing your support to them, trying to get them to gear them on to another gear. Trying to, but sitting there, not being able to do any of that, you're basically being turned into a human cardboard. We have to sit, be seen but not heard. That is essentially what you're getting told to be. And I don't know if I fully agree with it. I, I agree with everything about basically being safe, and I can understand that. They don't want folk getting rowdy, but if you're wearing face masks, if you're practicing social distancing, if you've got allocated seats where you don't stand, I don't see the the trouble if you want to like sing, sit in your seat, because in a pub, when you're sitting in there, you get told no music, so you don't raise your voice. But obviously, you're competing with other people in the pub, so you are speaking slightly louder. I don't see the problem with having to be able to do that at a game where you're singing and shouting, where you're literally sitting by yourself and no one's near you and and this social distancing is in place so you know you can't spread the disease even if that is the case so 
I generally do believe that singing wouldn't be a problem, and it is just going to be a weird atmosphere. Have you been having screaming matches in the pub? <laughs> no. <laughs> just you trying to make sure you're the loudest person in the, in the room, so you feel like screaming over everyone. That's a nice image in my mind, Taylor. Uh, Strun, what do you think? If you were offered the chance to go back to Easter Road or Hamden or Old Trafford or the Allianz Arena or wherever you you, you go to see your team, how would you feel about uh, the new restrictions and getting back to football? I'd, I don't know why I, I have this feeling, but I don't, I'd always feel guilty that I'm going and somebody else isn't with the lockdown. I mean, I, I heard somebody making quite a good point the other day that was... You know, you've you've got your season ticket holders, and this is every single club around the world who've been there, you know, since they were teens and are now in their seventies or something like that. And obviously, because of health reasons, they they're probably more at risk and therefore can't go. Yeah. And I th- I think with I think it's maybe Arsenal. I'm not quite sure on that. One of them were saying, you know, the people who are going to go are the ones paying more money, which again I think that's quite wrong in a sense that you know certain people are not going to be able to go just because they can't, you know, they can't afford the higher prices mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I think it's, I don't know why, but like. As much as I'd enjoy to be back in a football ground, I'd always kind of have that feeling when you look around and you see empty seats and you're not at the Etihad, I think it's just going to feel quite strange, to be honest. Yeah, I've thought about that as well. There'll be your, your, your guys who have not missed a game for 60 years. They've probably missed weddings and birthdays and all these sorts of things to make sure they can see their team every week and then this is now going to start to be the first time that they don't see their team and that's... Uh, yeah, it's pretty heartbreaking. Um my big shout is a really quick and simple one since we spent a good time on, on Big Shout today and it's just that goal of the month votes should not be done by fans oh, you're, you're, you're hurt, you're still hurt obviously I'm still hurt there's been, it's been a season of turmoil in Scottish football, there's been demotions, there's been legal battles, there's been player fallouts there's been everything and that is the biggest injustice we've seen in Scottish football over the past year, it's an absolute Joke. To be fair, I, as I a never... Hearts fan who's been demoted, our club has been demoted, I agree with Sean. Um, <laughs> it's I, true. Taylor, you work for Partick Thistle, all relegated with a game in hand. Right, this is, doesn't even come nowhere near, nowhere near Rory McKenzie's goal coming second. It's not even... It's, <laughs> I apologise to Partick Thistle, that's quite harsh. Um, but I'll, I'll stick with my rant anyway. It's not even a particularly good free kick from Borna Barisic, it's just a free kick. He scored better. You've got to rate the part levels. It's no part levels. It's the SBFL pandering to your two Glasgow. If a Celtic Rangers player scores a a fairly decent goal that month, then exactly. Each of those. If it's Edward's goal, it's it's goal of the month. And it's just Uh, like, why let them all jump on it and Rangers fans go, let's all get us the goal of the month. Like you have enough. I've just I watched this play the other week. We didn't have a shot on target, so can you not give us this, please? <laughs> oh, I, I see. It was actually it's funny the fact that Roman Kizzy didn't win. The sh- he, he, it was some goal, probable win goal of the season, but. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Do you remember the Mo Salah one that won um, the one the Ballon d'Or, but didn't actually win the goal of the month for that in the Premier League? That was that was when they did the that as a fan vote, didn't they? Yeah, and it's yeah, just like what that, stuff like that should not be a fan vote because it's, it's just these the polls on Twitter as well that like when you're voting for your team of the year and it's it's classic like Man United, Liverpool, Celtic, and Rangers obviously have the biggest fan bases and they always just take over the poll regardless of the option. It could be like Mason Greenwood or Aubameyang who had the better season and you'd see Mason Greenwood miles ahead or something like that and it's just it's just so inaccurate. I'm starting a justice for Mackenzie campaign and I'll be riding out right to the end of the season if he's not won uh, 
go the go the season, then you can expect a strongly worded rant from me on whatever forum um, Energy Sport will give me. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that may be a good title for this podcast, Justice for Mackenzie. I might just do it anyway, even if you don't agree with it. Um, <laughs> even worse as well that it was just a free kick. That, that it. it wasn't some kind of bicycle keeper should have saved them. Yeah, the keeper should have saved it. Saved it. <laughs> I don't think free kicks even, even look that got nice it. half the time. Unless it's like a massive like Chris Burke 70-yarder, then I just yeah, don't really think free kicks are Barring them, free kicks are lovely. I love how the two goals of the season are from Kamarnock, and yet none of them really have one like goal of the season. That's goal, goal of the month. month. That's, that was goal of the month for August. Oh, oh, it did a box one goal of the month. Oh, well, no, no, there you go, Justice. No, so because they were both in August. That was the goal. Of the, that's our first goal of the month. Oh, well, so it was. So. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm losing my mind here. Oh, that's even funnier. <laughs> a free kick for that range, like Ronaldo-esque, Mac- Mackenzie's Lampard-esque free kick. Oh, but yeah, it's a Barisic free kick. I love to see it. Maybe Kelly Vans voted like half and half for each goal, and that's why Could they lost. Split it. They should all just decided to go for one. Yeah, I don't know. I think most Kelly fans don't have like electricity or a Wi-Fi signal. <laughs> so, um, that might have been the issue there. But we'll move on to the second ball. We pick up on the other things we've missed. Uh, we probably should talk about Scotland in a little bit more depth. We've not had the chance to do that because. There was no football roundup this week. They've been doing uh, Premier League preview podcasts. We've been asking burning questions, and our pundits have been answering them. So check those out. The fourth one should be coming out today. Um, Cameron, looking back on those games against uh, Israel and the Czech Republic, what are your big takeaways? Big takeaways. Um, well, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about formations and players getting shunted into positions they shouldn't be. I'm sure that will come up. Uh, but I think one thing a positive that I thought was Lyndon Dykes. I'm not saying he's going to like start a revolution. I'm not saying he's going to be an all-out goal scorer for us, but I thought he was pretty solid. Got the got the equaliser against Czech, didn't he? And just all-round looked pretty good in what was an overall just disgracefully weak performance in both games. Yeah, lovely finish from, from Lyndon Dykes. A real striker's goal in that game against the Czech Republic and I thought his link-up play against Israel was really good as well and it's the kind of striker that we've been trying out for I don't he's, he's, I don't think he's going to be particularly prolific but if yeah. he can just form a good partnership with the talented midfielders and wingers that we have around them then that could work he's, really he's well He's basically McBurney but he can work on up front on his own that's yeah. essentially it that's, McBurney that's would be, be McBurney's a better all-round player McBurney would be better yeah. in a two but Lyndon exactly. Dykes as a one is just a battering ram and it's a fast yeah. battering ram um, so um, I, I agree I think Lyndon Dykes did very well in his first couple of Scotland appearances Struan you were uh, fairly convinced I would say before the games that Scott McTominay would be a solid centre-back option for Scotland uh, what happened in Friday's and Monday's game that might have changed that for you? Uh, maybe he had a confidence knock or something. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just kind of I just had a feeling that like, he he probably could do a shift at centre back, but very very wrong with that one. I just I think I don't think he was the only player who performed really poorly, but I think he's probably one of the easiest ones to point out because I, I'm not trying to say he's a bad player. I think he's a very talented young midfielder, but. Just being forced into the defence, I don't think suited him well at all. And especially when against Israel, the right wing back is James Forrest as well, who's is a natural winger. So I think yeah. I just think the whole defence was just so makeshift, and I don't think a lot of the players were kind of. I think Robertson was used to a back five. Forrest isn't used to it. McTominay isn't used to playing in defence. McKenna isn't really 
played very often, neither is Cooper when he got the game against Czech Republic. And I, th I think Tierney is probably the only player in that back five who had experience in that system recently. Because mm -hmm. e even before uh, lockdown, Arsenal never really played that back five either. So I think it was a very new system and for Scotland certainly to get used to. But um, I, I, I do really agree with Lyndon Dykes. I felt I was probably in the minority with this, but I thought under McLeish when we had Stephen Fletcher up front with Forrest and Fraser, I thought it kind of worked well because he could hold it up and let them two run off him. No, and I think Lyndon Dykes is just a younger, better version of that. Yeah, absolutely. Like I've said it a couple of times, we've, the time in recent memory where Scotland looked best are those games under McLeish against Albania and Israel where it was Fletcher, Fraser, Christie, Forrest all working really well with each other. So hopefully Lyndon Dykes can recreate that. Taylor, a lot is made of um, the talent in Scotland's midfield midfield pool. Um, what would what did you make of our midfielders over the time, and who would sort of who do you think's maybe played themselves out of Scotland contention, and who would uh, who, if anyone, has sort of made a stake for that for that spot? Um, I was I was really impressed with Christie. Christie really surprised me how well he was playing for Scotland, although. Um, a fan of Rangers and I watch Scottish football week in week out. I've never really noticed Christie as such a hard working player. And watching Scotland game games over the last week really showed the fact that Christie is, works hard, basically tries to make things happen. And in the game against Czech uh, Republic, one of the chances is the ball nail went out for a goal kick, and he managed to keep it in, and we almost got a goal from it. So I feel like Christie has established himself as a very important player in that midfield. But a player that I feel has played them, themselves out of it would be Armstrong. He didn't really have the best of times and he didn't show um, the potential that he, he could have had for Scotland considering that he's had a decent time at Southampton. Maybe he's still feeling the effects from not clearing it against England under Stratton. I don't know, but he, he should be disappointed himself. But... Christie would probably the, the player I'd say has played himself in and Armstrong out. But notable mentions would be Fleck. I feel like he he is a good player for Scotland and could make things work. Obviously, you've got McGinn and Ryan Jack. But the midfield should consist of probably Christie McGregor. I'd say probably... The, I, I would argue McGregor will do well for Scotland, but it just needs time if he gets a right system. So Christie McGregor, I would say they're nail-on, so you should have that midfield. I've... Uh, I'm disagreeing with a lot of what you said there. So, uh, Callum McGregor, I think when he dictates the game for Celtic, he's fantastic and he's a great player to watch. He never takes the game by the scruff of his neck like uh, for Scotland. Uh, Ryan Jack, I was very impressed with against Israel. I thought he had a very good game. Um, Stuart Armstrong, it might have been disappointing on Monday, but I do think that he can, um, if he keeps performing in a, a Southampton system that really works for him and keeps showing himself in the Premier League, then he should play his way in. And Ryan Christie is a player that I really like, but since the first half of last season, I feel like he's really dipped off. His decision making so frustrating. Did anyone else find that? That just oh, well, yeah, it was yeah. right at the end, and I think he was running like two on one or something. He just went himself and then passed it late. And I don't think that was just that's sort of a standalone thing in these couple of games for Scotland. I think we've seen over this, particularly the start of this season, that Ryan Christie's decision making is his willingness to to shoot on sight just hasn't been working at all and as much as he's a talented player and um, obviously he's got a couple of goals for for Scotland, I think it's three goals and five assists in his last five games um, I just Ryan Christie was 
frustrating is the word I would, I would definitely use. I think what helps with Ryan Christie is if you're just looking at the game and not really focusing on who's who in the pitch, he's probably the one who does most of the running and is going for a lot of the game. So I think when people see that, you know, you can see that's definitely like somebody who's given it all for the shirt. Because personally, against the Czech Republic game, I just you basically forget that Armstrong and Fleck were even on the pitch. Yeah, it's yeah. one of them ones yeah. I think, and I, I I still don't understand the decision to drop John McGinn. I really, really don't. I I personally think he's our best midfielder in a in a central position, and I, I guess maybe a rest to try out something new. But I think dropping him for Fleck just didn't didn't work at all. Yeah. I feel Fleck didn't do too much wrong. But he didn't do anything to get yeah, himself he went, noticed. He went so under the radar. Like I, yeah. I, I was a bit like I kind of forgot he was playing. Like at least the defense were maybe picking on a lot because yeah, especially the right side of the defense, the McTominay Palmer side, they were all over the place. They were really noticeably quite poor. But the midfield was probably just as just as bad. Uh, I think sort of Dykes getting the goal and a lucky penalty, which debatably shouldn't have got. Um, I think that kind of really did save us from a Czech team that. Probably actually deserves a bit of praise, considering that was their third, fourth string team. None of them capped bar two. One of those cap players missing an open goal and having an absolute stinker. Um, I think they actually deserve a bit of praise, because they really did give us a showing, to be fair. And I think they probably deserved the win, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> like, leaving like yeah, a draw, a few I think they just outplayed us, yeah. And the penalty probably shouldn't have happened, so... That oh, hug, yeah. uh, guy, the centre-back, the old guy, Hubnick, the one that had been capped, he was pretty good. I felt he was yeah. everywhere that game. From defence, you know what I, mean? I thought the goalkeeper was really like it was Manuel Neuer esque. The amount of times he came off of his <laughs> yeah. line and stuff, and he was heading, yeah, and I thought, yeah. oh, there's a ball over the oh, keepers. Yeah, keepers come out to get that. <laughs> it's not often you see like a first time goalkeeper with that much confidence. Yeah, absolutely. No, he had a good game. Outplayed by a bunch of Czech league players. <laughs> how how inspiring! It really, honestly, it's like picking a bunch of maybe one or two Hibs and Hearts players, one or two Kelly players, a St Johnston player. And like one of the Celtic boys, that's basically what they did, and still, almost, almost won the game. Might be better than that, that lot we've seen play, to be fair. So yeah, I um, think that's the perfect example of why it's better to have a system than yeah. individual players. Yeah, mm. and that's the like I've I said this in the in the group chat that um, Kelly had such a, a rigid system under Steve Clark. it might have changed but everyone knew game to game what they were doing how they were working what their role was yeah. and now um, we've changed formation we've changed personnel it just and I understand it, it's difficult it's different at international level but I think Clark really needs to nail down at least a core yeah. of say uh, seven or eight players that are going to play most games a formation he's going to stick with and then drill it into the players so everyone knows what they're doing so hopefully we can be successful and um, if he doesn't do that then as much as I, I love Steve Clark, I think he's going to really struggle to sort of um, keep his place in charge of the Scotland team we should move yes. on um, I was just going to say quick look, it. you could tell that the left side of the pitch knew more than the right you could tell like Tierney and Robertson were mostly in position they weren't all over the place and then you looked at McTominay even the man in the middle and Palmer out on the right and they were just everywhere there was no they were just getting in behind us with so much ease because they couldn't even keep the back line straight like they mm -hmm. were just all over the place I find that sort of disorganised the midfield as well and then that's everyone out of position basically just because maybe one player like McTominay doesn't know what his role is if Steve Clark just drills that into them whoever's starting that position that wouldn't be an issue and we probably would have ran out comfortable winners but one player that doesn't know what he's doing that totally disorganises the whole team I think the big question coming out uh, that in, that's involving a Scotland national team player this week is who the hell is Ollie Burke's agent 
and how he just has a pair of ice. It, it might, it must be on big money if he's getting on these sorts of moves. I he's mean, up there with Chupamo things. Pretty, yeah. It's just mad. I mean, Ollie Burke is. I think he's a bit overly criticised, but the Stop. fact that he's got a move to a top half Premier League team after an uninspiring spell at Celtic started pretty well, but really tailed off, and then he wasn't great by all accounts at Alibes last season, so we'll see how that goes for him, maybe if there's, Chris Wilder's a good coach, so I'd like to see him get the best out of him, but it's a, a very strange one. I think it was a bit of a swap deal, because I think Callum Robinson yeah, went the other way. It's just, yeah, it's not like they've just, but it's usually, you, you just imagine, it's usually the team in higher standing who initiate these sorts of swap deals. Yeah, so, I think um, Burke might still be West Brom's record signing at 15 million. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, he's that's in Leipzig as well I've totally forgetting yeah. Leipzig that's, I, 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 can't remember, I know he's older now but still I think somewhere. it was um, extra time that I said it on that Ollie Burke kind of started the trend of British players going yeah, to the Bundesliga because yeah. it mm-hmm. feels like it's Jadon Sancho but it was actually Ollie Burke who went first yeah. to that Leipzig Paul Lambert yep <laughs> top Werner yeah. everything he knew he <laughs> <laughs> could go right back but let, let's not um, you're t- um, Showing off your, your German football knowledge here, Cameron, but let's see how the rest of our knowledge is in this game of oh, yes. See It Out, which you're leading this week. So please do take us away. <laughs> well, I'll be a little bit off with this one. I've decided, right, we've just had Scotland playing there, but we've also got the return of the Premier League. So, guys, there's 33 Scottish footballers who have played over 3,000 minutes in the Premier League. Just the Premier League. What does 3,000 minutes even mean? I just picked the players that I played the most minutes and that was a nice number to round out. So, I want you to name the 33 players from Scotland who have played the most in the Premier League. I'm going to start, I'm just going to say now, don't say someone like Kieran Tierney because he's not played that much minutes yet. It's people that are actually, have had a stable career in the Premier League. Only 1992 onwards though. I'm not expecting anyone before that, Okay. Simple as that. As simple as understand? that. Three thousand minutes. Right. Oh god. <laughs> it's just the thirty-three players who have played the most in the Premier League. Three thousand minutes. What does that even equate to? Like, thirty-three games. Thirty-three. There you go. A season. It's right. a season. It's a season. Right. Again, don't say someone daft like you know, Drake. He's not on it. <laughs> That's just a wee tip for you. He's ready. You understand? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sean's rage because he's going it straight away again. I'm so bad at stuff like that. I don't know why I, I, don't know why I made this game up. Because I'm not good at <laughs> Right, we'll start... Right, Sean, you can go last, okay? Right, we'll start oh, with... We'll start with Struan, then Taylor, then Sean. Okay. Struan, Nick Madison, I swear to God, I'm falling at me. I'll, I'll just quickly name... I'll, I'll start with the best Scottish player to play in the Premier League with Darren Fletcher. I, 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 I don't like you. I don't like you. <laughs> I served Darren Fletcher at work a few weeks ago. Not a few weeks ago, because it's been locked down. I've not been at work in months since I said that, but... Ah, <laughs> uh, what a guy. Um, Charlie Adam. Yep, Charlie Adam. <laughs> Sean. Um, <laughs> Stephen Naismith. Yep, yep, of course. That's true. Uh, Duncan Ferguson. Premier League? Premier League? Early days in the Premier League. Premier League? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, good answer. Oh, good you put answer. so much doubt in my mind when you said Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find him on the thing. Um, Stuart Armstrong. Stuart Armstrong is correct. 
Ordered. Oh, <laughs> I need to pause to find the names. If he's played 33 games, then Ryan Fraser must have played 33 games. Yep, you're right. Mm-hmm. Ryan Fraser has. I'm, I'm going to go with the Ryan Fraser logic and say Matt Ritchie. Good one. Yeah. Yep, good man. Yep, spot on. Um, sure, I'm going to hide great questions if he's getting past them. We'll start no thinking. <laughs> go to Wales. Um, yeah. I don't know now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if he played. A f- I don't know. Ah, uh, oh god! Clock surely took Clock surely took in. Uh, I don't know. He's not even Scottish. Uh, Kenny Miller. <laughs> he's not even Scottish. <laughs> Who are we gonna Kenny. say? Nope. Nope. Kenny Miller. Nah. Ah. Nah. I was gonna say. I was gonna say Arfield, but I forgot he's Canadian. I would have loved if it was just like he's not even Scottish. <laughs> John Obi Bikel or something like that. <laughs> um, is it me? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, sure, I think it's you, but. Um, Stephen Fletcher? Uh, I believe that is correct. Let me double check. Why did I not say that? Oh, that's yep, what I was going to say. Stephen Fletcher. Good show. Alan Hutton? Ooh. I've never yes. rated him personally yes. that much. Oh, come on! Because he played for Spurs, didn't he? Scottish Cafe. Yeah, we don't. Well, so missing some really obvious ones, eh? They're, oh yeah, absolutely. I think so. but there's also some really, really shocking ones I'll say after. But yeah, um, we missed a few obvious ones here. That's just so embarrassing. Um, oh, why? Sh- <laughs> Sean Maloney? Yes, yes, yes. Sorry for the pause. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of M's. <laughs> it's hard to find them on the list. It's a good hint. Um... <laughs> Robert Snodgrass? Yes. Mm-hmm. James MacArthur? Yep, yep. Nearly, nearly swore live on air. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what? I, I don't even know if he played in the James McFadden. Yep. Birmingham, I'm sure he was. <gasps> um, dearie me. This might be a bad shout. I'm trying to think if I've got a better one, but I might have to throw this one <laughs> what? out. Why did I not say him? I've just looked at the names. Eight, seven. <laughs> you got right, I'm going to say Akechi Anya. No. <sighs> no. No, 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 sorry, man. I think he was just outside the list. Struan, a chance to win it, mate. Come on, there's well, wait, so to win it. Is the, no, wait, is this, it? Uh, no, I, I've, I'm last, I'm last. So wait, have you I've, lost? I think, I think I've, yeah, Stewart's you're Stewart's right. Won. You've, you've got yourself there. Stuart, do you want to try and have one anyway? Just to <laughs> well, really I'd, solidify your spot as I could, the, the only one I've, I'm sure somebody probably said this at the start, but I'm just going to say Andrew Robertson. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know why I ever said that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I was you can so say Andrew Robertson, <laughs> but if you say someone like Kieran Tierney or John McGinn, you'd be wrong. So it's difficult with the new oh, ones. See, uh, see the other names I had. That I was, I was, I was debating John McGinn. Give, it, give me some names you just for. I'll, I'll tell you. So John Fleck. John Fleck. No. Right. Not okay. John Fleck. David Andy Gorham has. Oh wait, no. He only played two games. He only played like two games. David Marshall. Has Scott McTominay played thirty-three? Marshall's yes, oh. uh, McTominay is a yes, I think. Oh. Yep, McTominay Craig just Gordon. made in. Craig Gordon, yep. That's another one I had in my head. Well, I'll give you some names that I thought were who, quite Who was the Leeds captain or centre half? Colin Hendry? Probably oh, no, no uh, Blackburn, sorry, not Leeds. He's not on it, no. Is he is not? He? Oh. No, he's not. I was some names Grant that Hanley? I've got here. 
Oh, no way. Yep. He played Fed. What? Kevin McDonald? Russell Martin, surely. Not Kevin McDonald. Russell Martin, surely. Yeah, Russell Martin. I can't believe this. Look, some brilliant names. Some brilliant names he's missed. You right? go for it, Stephen Whitaker. Oh, cool. Christoph Bever. Of course, he's better. One of my best. Taylor. Barry Ferguson. Oh, yeah. No, that's it. I'm done. I'm out. That's bad. <laughs> Imagine not seeing your own dad. Was it Blackburn? He was there, no, it was yeah, Burnley. Burnley. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's so Alan McGregor, Graham oh. Murty, Graham Murty, Taylor. Murty. He made that. And that was so one. The one guy I didn't know. I wonder if you know him. Richard Hughes of Burnmouth, apparently. No, um, I don't know who he played for in the Prem. That's who was the recognised that one. Didn't I'm really disappointed in myself. I don't want. Disgusting. I was so nervous I'm, in Duncan Ferguson. My pals actually, actually ripped me for that. I'm That's glad so I didn't. Before I this, I did it. 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 I did George Boyd. Oh, yeah, he is he is yeah, oh. totally forgot about him. I quite like yeah. George Boyd. Is it Preston he's at? Oh, an icon, an icon. Good yeah. haircut, good barnet. Great barnet. Yeah. Is there, mate, are, is there other ones that people might have been if they were playing along that have you covered them all now? Or uh, let me see. Uh, the ones I haven't seen so far, I'll run through them. Barry Bannon, Phil I was Bardsley, of, uh, Tom Bardsley. Kearney, Gary oh. Caldwell, Graham Dorans, Jamie Mack. Graham Dorans. This could have gone yeah. on for ages. James Morrison <laughs> and oh, so Matt bad. Phillips. Everyone else I've already said or you guys did get correct in the show. But not a catchy Anya. That's like looking back that's such a bad shout. I'm gonna say it now, Joe McCready didn't even bother messaging me because I know you're gonna do it. Um <laughs> aye. Um, Tell you what, I make a good quiz, don't I? That was that, that was a really good quiz. I feel like we started off ten, but the the last twenty players to score a goal last week for Scotland, and then this one this week are are pretty good. So I've set the bar um, quite high. So the pressure got to me. That's what I'm putting under. That was your first so who's loss. The winners now? Struan, is that? Yeah, Struan's your first win. First one. So everyone. I'm on the board. We're passing it round, apart from me. Everyone <laughs> except Sean. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Graham, Taylor, Cameron, and Struan are all in one. So. Come on. It's just really. Me, Jack, and Jamie, who are still to try and pick up, but I think they've only had, we've, they've only had one shot each, so uh, yeah. we'll see how that goes. Um, that was very fun. Thank you very much, Cameron. We'll uh, now look ahead to the weekend. We'll start with the Scottish Premiership as it uh, returns on Saturday. Um, some good games to look forward to this weekend. We'll start with the test event that we were talking about earlier. Um, Aberdeen versus Kilmarnock. Uh, Struan, this is an interesting one because Aberdeen have looked very good this season um, obviously they had the layoff because of those naughty dons but um, they're back now, uh, Ross McCrory looks great and they've had a very good start to the season they came up, up against me. a Kilmarnock side who um, got their first victory just before the break they are a 4-0 win over Dundee United with the goal of the season justice for McKenzie um, how do you see this one? Uh, I think this probably could be the pick for game of the weekend in terms of just could be a fun watch, could be interesting. I think Rangers and D Knight's probably. It's not usually a fun watch with these two, but I do get your point. Yeah, I think, I think for, for what it means, the way the two teams are on quite good form, kind of 
yep. leading up to this. I think I think it'll be quite entertaining. I, I do expect Aberdeen to get the win though. I think they have looked really solid this season coming back, and they know now that if they if they win the games, they can overtake Hibs and well, the Celtic will probably win theirs as well. So I think I think they can get that third place secured within the next few games. Cameron, uh, Struan mentioned the the Celtic game there. Ross County have had a fairly good start to the season. Obviously, um, it tailed off a bit there just before the break. But do you think there's any chance that they could give them a a tough a tough run with the only Ross County fans in the stadium? Obviously, there would be no singing or shouting much to your dismay. But <laughs> is there any chance that the Staggies could pull off an upset? Oh, as we all know, the Staggies fans are—they're crazy, aren't they? They would notoriously they mental. Real atmosphere, yeah. Oh, ultras basically. Um, no, you know what, Ross County have kind of. Shot to me. Uh, I think it's two wins, two draws, yeah, and four, five or six games. Uh, they've done pretty well, but Celtic really need to start picking up the points. They've obviously got a game or two in hand above the teams above them, so they really need to kick on, and I think it'll be a fairly routine win for Celtic. I hope for fancy football, in which I'm dead last in both my leagues, <laughs> I hope Edward is back for these games, and if he is, I, I don't see anything from Ross County stopping him. I know he got minutes for, I think it was one of the French, maybe under 21s, I might be wrong. Um, at the weekend during the international break but yeah Celtic will just be too good for Ross County and hopefully Ross County keep up though because um, I, I quite like them they're a nice team I think a, a top maybe a 7 or 8th place finish would be a really really good season for them Is this the week that we see Celtic revert to the three five two? do you think? Surely but we know Neil Lennon it's all about power it's all about power <laughs> he'll do a Hibs 4-6-0 or whatever he done at Hibs a 3-6-1 I think he done at one point He'll, he'll maybe pull that one out, but um, at least that's free to the back, I suppose. Yeah, I think 3-5-2 is definitely the right call here with Ross County. Maybe make the wingers a little bit more defensive, but other than that, I think that's got to be the call, surely. And we could see the debut of Shane Duffy in the Celtic strip, which will be very, very interesting. Taylor, I'll come to you and you can talk to me about your beloved Rangers. They come up against Dundee United at Ibrox. Uh, no love lost between these two sides as we know historically so even though there will be no fans there can you see this one being a a highly contested one yeah definitely uh, Dundee United have started off really well Rangers yet to concede so it's got the makings of a really good match if fans were there it would be a wee bit juicier especially with the history behind the two clubs but it's a shame that it's behind closed doors but I'm pretty sure it still have a little bit of face to it I can see this being relatively close, but definitely Rangers will keep the clean sheets intact. That's not weird as a fan saying it. I, I predicted that Rangers will concede their first goal at Easter Road, which is next week. I'm pretty sure you get... No, it's not. It's two weeks away. No, it is next week, yeah. Oh, yeah I'm, I've got my weeks mixed up. I think it's two weeks away. Uh, the Rangers' next game after this is against Hibs Easter Road. Yeah, yeah, so that's next week, yeah, so I predicted that's when, after this run started, I said that that's when they would lose their first goal, I'm sticking by it, but I can see Dundee United making it difficult. Rangers are still, make, don't know how to break down compact defences, I believe, so if Dundee United come in, sit in, it would make it difficult, so I can see Rangers winning this by like one goal. If Rangers do need any tips on how to score good goals against Dundee United, you know who to call. Oh, oh, oh. We all know who got it. Chris Dodge. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, you've mentioned Chris Dodge, Struan, unsurprisingly there, so I'll come to you for Hibs game away to St Mirren. Uh, St Mirren have had a player test positive for coronavirus, so there might be question marks over this one. We'll have to, to wait and see on that front, but um, assuming that it does go ahead on Saturday afternoon, do you expect Hibs to sort of pick up after 
their first loss of the season against Aberdeen at Easter Road. Yeah, I think there's definitely going to need to be a bounce back. I think Alex Gogic coming back as well will be a massive boost to the team. You could, you could kind of see from the opening games how important he was to the team and it was only against Aberdeen when he got taken out. It was like, whoa, okay, that's a big issue, I think. I still think defensively they've been quite solid. They've not conceded a single goal from open play yet, the team, which I think is a massive improvement from last season, especially mm-hmm. with just a horrendous defence. And I think the fullbacks have been a massive part of that with McGinn and Doyle coming through. And I think defensively they've been quite solid. But I think if Nisbet's back as well, I think it'll be a much better better performance all around as well. I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm really excited just to see Jamie Murphy playing. Uh, I always remember uh, um, Rangers a few seasons ago, I thought he was really talented before the injury. So hopefully he can pick that back up again in Scottish football. Yeah, and uh, that injury for uh, Jamie Murphy came on the plastic pitch at Rugby Park, but uh, there's um, another plastic pitch that probably gets a bit more criticism in Livingston, and they take on their, their brothers from, from that side. Uh, um, those types of football pitches, they're beautiful, they're the best type of football on them, and uh, it's the El Plastico and Livy versus Hamilton Academical. What are you making of this one, uh, Cameron? Well, you say that, but they're tenth and eleventh in the league. You're ninth, and Hearts, who have a hybrid pitch, are in the championship. So I don't know about any of that that you've just said. Well, because anyway, those three teams stayed in the league last year, while you got relegated. Well, sorry, we we definitely <laughs> maybe probably wouldn't have stayed up. So let's just move on. Um, yeah, Motherwell. No, sorry, Motherwell. Livingston, Hamilton. Sorry. Um, yeah. I really don't know what to say about this game. I think it'll be. I'm going to say it'll be an important game. It'll be like a five-four, just classic. Um, I think Livingston, I'm going to back Livingston for this one, not for any personal reasons. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what's really going on with those two teams. I, I've not seen much of them, to be honest. I think they've both been lacklustre. I think they've only got one win each. So, yeah, I'll, I'll back Livingston for this one, but tactically couldn't tell you very much about it. About to do a little bit of a, a self-plug, I'll be at the Tony Macaroni Arena on Saturday afternoon for Energy Sports. So if you're interested in what's going on there, uh, check out Energy Sport after the game. We'll have a match report and hopefully some comments from the managers hopefully, as well. It's I would, a big five four now. I hope. I mean, I do doubt it, <laughs> but um, I do feel that my first Premiership game uh, as a member of the press is, is maybe going to struggle for goals. But we'll, we'll wait and see. Uh, Taylor, we'll round off with you. How important is it that Motherwell get a win against St Johnston this weekend? They need to start getting wins on the board, and Stephen Robinson might have. Start to turn it around with a, a comfortable six-one-one in Europe, but he needs to start getting performances in the league. So this is definitely a chance to turn it around. Although St Johnston are no mugs, they definitely have looked like they've found their stride for the start of the season, and it's going to be a tough game. But as I say, this is a game where it's probably Mull have a lot to lose in this, with probably Stephen Robinson possibly under pressure now. And if they don't win, they change the manager, losing Turnbull. So, it's definitely, Murrow have a lot to lose if they don't start winning. Absolutely. We'll leave our, uh, we won't go in-depth on the Premier League games, we'll leave that to the guys on the Fantasy Ramble, who are recording tomorrow. They're back for the new season. Uh, Cameron's joined the league, I'm still to join the league, which I'm getting a bit of pelters from. I do need to to make that team but I'm a busy man so so if Jack Donald could stop tweeting about me that would be fantastic um, and also if you want more in-depth chat about who we think is going to win the Premier League who we think might get relegated and some daft questions as well about ketchup and Nando's and James Bond and all that 
rubbish, then listen to those preview podcasts that I mentioned earlier because we've been doing those this week. We'll round off with game of the week, which of course can include the Premier League, can include the Scottish Premiership or anywhere in the world of football. But we've got to come to a group decision on this one. Taylor, how about you start us off? What do you think is going to be the best game to watch this weekend? Liverpool leads without a doubt. I feel like that's going to be very interesting and that's who I'm going for. Is anyone else going to disagree with that one? Because I feel like it may be a popular choice. <laughs> I was going yeah, to say you know, that's, that's in my, yeah, absolutely. Right, absolutely. Do Marcel- champions, champions and the Premier League champions. Absolutely. Do, well, it was the same last year round, wasn't it? Um, but Norwich um, put on a decent performance but didn't quite... Uh, <sighs> Tell you, I think honourable mention is Tottenham Everton. Because that's two teams that could have totally different styles from last season, or certainly have adapted. They've got new signings in, but um, yeah, I'm still going to go with Liverpool Leeds as well, guys. Do Marcel a Mourinho element to that as well, which is quite interesting. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Really brilliant um, stuff. Do Marcelo Bielsa's Leeds strike fear into the the Liverpool fan in you, Cameron? Nah, not really. Um, <laughs> I, I do hope. <laughs> I, I think it would be. No, what? Because last season Norwich kind of did a oh, they're kind of like a high press and they're going to score a few goals, and they did play well. But we smashed them. Um, as long as Liverpool sort of give us a bit of funk they've been in since the lockdown uh, restarted and the Community Shield game, which was rather drab, um, if they if they get back into top gear, then not a problem. Uh, Leeds, I am excited for them. They are going to be a really really exciting team. I really hope they push like a maybe in a top ten finish. I hope the wheels don't come off by like November and it's all just an absolute disaster because Bielsa's pure box office and so are Leeds United. To be fair, a massive team. So. Yeah, I'm hoping it's going to be a cracker on the opening day, but just a cracker that we win. Maybe a clean sheet, because, as you said, fancy football. You know, I've got my reasons for giving too much away. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You can listen to more fancy football on the, the Ramble, as I said. So the Energy Extra Time game of the week is Liverpool versus Leeds United at Anfield. That's on Sky at half past five on Saturday evening. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, please do subscribe so the podcast appears in your feed automatically. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at ENRG Extra Time. You can get all our great shows at Energy Sport. Uh, articles, podcasts, all the good stuff is there as well. So you can follow that at Energy Sport as well. Thank you very much to Cameron Wonstall, Struan Garvey and Taylor Murray for joining me. And we hope to see you again next week. Thank you very much. <laughs>